1: Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today, man, I got Papa Pete. What's up, Pete? What's up,
0: Brett? How are you?
1: Man, there's a lot of laughing going on here. Yeah. We, got a, we got a whole crowd of people out here, right? Can, you... Can we hear a little bit yeah. from the crowd? <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to have some fun today. This was, uh, you know, one, one day we're hanging out, and we said, hey, we should do, some, uh, you know, do a podcast with some neighbor guys, and, and you're the first one.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be the first guest on the Circus of Success, Far Oaks. That's right. Edition. That's yeah. right.
1: So man, hey, like I always talk to people about is uh, on every episode is what has made you the man you are today? Obviously, that's a very big question. You own Mike's Automotive Automotive. automotive. You got three locations, St. Louis, Collinsville, and uh Millstadt. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, <laughs> and so obviously you've had a very successful career so far, but what what's, what's kind of helped you make you the man you are today, man? Oh, well, I mean, there's so
0: much, but honestly, I think the main thing in our business, and I know this is going to sound weird coming from me, but we are a faith-based business. I mean, we we we, we, we take our faith pretty seriously. I know it yep. sounds funny, but you know, when no, when, when you're in a business like an automotive business, you need God in your life to yeah. to help keep things on an even keel during the week. So um, probably that has gotten us as as far as we are. Um, but you know, with my dad starting the business, I think the foundation. Was already there yeah. so i mean it's not something we started from from nothing yep. we had a foundation we had a customer base and then we were able to build on it
1: so when you were <laughs> growing up though how at what age were you and your dad started mike's automotive oh so
0: 1976 so i was seven years old but he came over um from greece in 1965. wow and he spoke two words of english and you're gonna probably want to edit this but it was fucking shit. <laughs> uh only two words he knew when he came here right. and he worked for my grandmother in a cafe in in east st louis and then my mom took him to a company called national auto supply in east st louis and they walked through the machine shop and he couldn't speak any english and my dad said i can run that machine i can run that machine and my mom told the owner he can run those machines he can't speak english and he goes he's hired wow. so they hired him he worked there for like 13 or 14 years before he opened his own business in 1976. how did
1: they meet your mom and dad
0: <clears throat> oh that's that's a good that's a good question. Um so my mom went to Greece in nineteen sixty five and my mom's uncle hooked him hooked her up with my dad on a blind date, so to speak, an arranged type deal, and they met and while she's on vacation? No, on vacation. I think they met in like April and were married in July.
1: Wow, how many years ago was that? Uh fifty
0: two or three years ago. 53. amazing years yeah amazing so yeah. he knows two words of english when he came here yeah, when yeah. he About. came here right yeah
1: and so he gets this job he does that for a number of years and then yeah. and then what he said I'm gonna and then reverse.
0: uh then he had a falling out with the company there and another guy did and i guess i don't know if they were let go or they quit and literally two blocks up the street there was a building on the condemned list in south city and my mom and dad went and put a lease on the building and he opened up his own shop the rest is that's history. it Wow. I mean, that's how so you started. opened the one in
1: St. Louis first Correct. and how does he expand then as you, maybe as you kids get older and come in the business? Yeah.
0: So you can imagine uh, three pretty competitive brothers coming into a family mom and pop type business, um, you know, all through high school and college. And, you know, we butted heads a lot. So we mm-hmm. came in to the business and worked there off and on when we were kids going through high school, going through college, coming in, delivering parts. We had an auto parts store uh, up until 1993 when the flood happened in South City and then um, it, it just got worse and worse and worse as far as not not that, not that you know we didn't get along but we didn't get along that much at work every single day right. i mean being it's with each other all, all day it's a lot so at that point we knew either we one of us or two of us were going to have to leave or we're going to have to diversify or find other location so the Millstock location became available a very small business at that time that we knew we could you know buy and expand on and we did that and then two years later, the Collinsville location became available. And, you
1: know. And wasn't just, that something? You told me a story one time about the Collinsville location. Wasn't that kind of a luck of the draw thing or something? It was. A newspaper uh, It was
0: a newspaper clip that my wife had cut out and set on the counter one day and said, hey, you guys are, you know, you, you can't work together. You want to expand. You should call about this. And I kind of put it on the side. And then she kept bugging me about it. And I called. And one thing led to another. And it ended up being in my hometown because I lived in Collinsville yeah. before I moved here to Caseyville. And, um, I called about it and I, and little by little, it just became like, well, that's a great business. Why are they selling it? And that was it.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah. So what, what have you learned most? Do you think if, if a bunch of business owners are listening to this, what have you learned most from a business owner standpoint, man, the good, the bad, the ugly?
0: Uh, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put it away. So right out of college, you know, I, I, I'll back up just a little bit. Right out of college, I sold copiers for about 11 months. Because, again, you know, we didn't have enough business for all three of us to work. And I said, I volunteered to leave. So I sold copiers. And and that owner of that company over in Westport uh, told me one day, he said, it's not about the things you do right in business. It's what you do wrong and how you handle the wrong things Mm -hmm. you do. So I think there's any automotive shop can fix your car, can put tires on, can change your oil. But it's how you handle a disgruntled customer, an unhappy customer when they come back with a problem because mistakes happen. Yeah, It's inevitable. And how you handle that when they come back, that sets you apart from the competition. And that's what we try to do.
1: Well, I've I've been in your shop. Obviously, you work on all of our stuff. And and it's funny because you'll see people even from St. Louis that are closer to that location, but they may drive to Collinsville to see you. So, I mean, how do you build that client loyalty?
0: Um, well, you know, because I worked in the St. Louis shop and I actually was, ha- I was hands on for about 12 years. I actually worked in a machine shop built in. So you this. actually got your hands dirty? I got my hands dirty at one time. I know you guys find that hard to believe, but I did get my hands dirty. I have pictures.
1: <laughs> right. I got
0: pictures. So.
1: They're black um, and white pictures. Yeah, they're, they're black pictures. and white, but it
0: was a long time. It was a long time ago, but I did get my hands dirty. And I, I honestly think that's probably why uh, Sherry was so attractive in uh, the beginning because I right. was a hardworking kind Sorry, of guy, Sorry, Sherry. You know, Blue collar worker, wore a uniform to work every day. I mean, I was I was one yeah, of those. Right? And, you know, it was interesting. It was fun. But it's, it's a whole nother level of respect when your customers walk in. I, I'll be honest because I watched my brother in the front, you know, running the front of the operation. Yeah. And then me working in the shop and the kind of customers that walked in when they talked to me versus when they talked to him. The respect level for a guy that was in the back getting his hands dirty like my dad did. You know, they were a higher respect. Years. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you told them something, it was like it was gospel. I mean, you said something and they believed you because you were out there, you yeah. were doing the work. But so I started out in the shop. I worked in there twelve years. I ground cranks, I I bored blocks, I built engines. Wow. You know, and then just eventually I was like, you know, this is not really what I want to do. I'm a people person. I want to deal with people. I want to sell things and that's what I want to do. So hmm.
1: I like it. Yeah. I gotta think the guy up front though is the one that gets the brunt of the conversations from the clients when they're pissed. Oh yeah.
0: Um, and so right in, in the St. Louis shop, it's just pretty much my brother and he has another guy that's there part-time and then Millstot it's my brother, George, but in Collinsville, I have another guy with me up yeah. front, Tom, if you, you yep. met, but yeah. And, and it, inevitably when they know the owners there on a day-to-day basis, which we try to be, uh, they don't want to talk to anybody else about a problem than they do about right. the owner, you know, with the owner. So we
1: we'll talk to Mike's son
0: they want to talk to the owner. So right. and, and it's and it's it's one of those things sometimes it's it's hard and you do have to fire customers from yeah. time to time. I mean, in your business you may have to do the same thing if it's not working and you, what you're doing is not working for them but you're doing the best you can, then sometimes you just have to say I'm yeah. sorry but I don't think I'm the best place yeah. for you.
1: So talk um, about that though because you're right. We 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 think about that other customers or uh, other companies think about that, but you know you're making money on that, right? So how hard is that for you to say, "Yeah, it's probably best you don't come back here, and go up the road."
0: Well, you you have to weigh the 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 part about if this. I always told my employees that if this is a very difficult customer and we're keeping them happy, okay, and they go to work that day and they're like, "Well, I wonder where Bob gets his car worked on because he's kind of a pain in the ass." Yeah. So and he but, says, "Well, I go to Mike's Automotive," and they're like, "Well, if Mike's Automotive can take care of Bob, then I want them working on my yeah. car." Okay, <laughs> That's good point. but. And, and, that, and, that's, and I always told that. And you never know who sends a customer in yeah. through your door. It could, be, it could be the cousin or nephew of your best customer. So we always had to be very careful how we talk to customers. But there is a time where it's just impossible to keep them happy. Like they come in time after time after time. And there is a time that you just have to say, I'm just probably, you know, if you want to keep coming here, I'm fine with that. But I, obviously, I'm not the right shop for you. Yeah. You know, there might be somebody better for you out there.
1: So how do you do – do you do much goal planning? I mean, when you look at just the Collinsville store, which you run the day-to-day of that, I mean, do you do much goal planning? Because it's hard to know if my – which I believe that you probably put nails in our, in our streets, don't you? Get? I mean, yeah. We yeah. throw spikes down. Yeah, we throw spikes yeah. down. It's, it's amazing how it just happened um, when your kids I, go to college. I
0: personally do. Um, for my location, I set a daily goal. And I know where I need to be on a daily base, on an average for every day that we do business. So I, I keep track
1: of mine like every day. So what's that look like? Are you, you know going into a, like a journal, book, whatever? I, I, go into, it...
0: I, I keep everything on QuickBooks. Okay. So all my sales in, in QuickBooks, I can look at it on my computer program that we use for billing. And I look at that on a daily basis. I know what our average should be every day. And if I'm, I'm three days out and yeah. I'm below that average, then I'm having to talk with Tom and the, the text and saying, hey, you know, we need to sell stuff. I don't I don't want to sell things that aren't broke on cars, but there's sure. there's plenty broke on cars. Trust me. Oh, yeah. I mean, our parking lot's full. We have plenty to do, but I'm just, you know, I have a daily goal that I want to meet, Yep. you know.
1: Which I think is, fat, you know, because that, that's why I love doing <clears throat> these podcasts because, like, you know, we've talked a million times, but I never would have looked at that and said, okay, here's Pete. He goes in every day in QuickBooks. He's got a daily goal. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't think about that stuff, but I think it's, as business owners, we need to do that.
0: Well, and the thing is, is you got to understand that except for maybe my oldest brother, well, we all went to college. So my dad never wanted us to be involved in the family business because <laughs> it is a difficult business. But any business is hard. It doesn't right. matter whether it's automotive. But we never intended. See, my dad only knew how to, to work in the shop and get his hands dirty and sweat and go home tired every right. single day. And my mom and dad knew from the beginning that that wasn't going to be us that he didn't want that to be us. So I said, well, we don't have to do that. If we, if we go to school and we learn how to operate the business and run it from the front instead of the back all the time, you know, and I went to the seminars and I, you know, my brother and I went to all those sales seminars and, and training seminars on how to run an automotive shop. And um, the best way to run a shop is from the front. If you're a salesperson, you want to be in front of people. You don't want to be out back turning wrenches. So we decided a while back, like in 1995, 96 that we were going to be more in front of people instead of, you know, working mm-hmm. in the shop and turning wrenches.
1: So we so, talked earlier about this. I put that post on yesterday about how to overcome anxiety that Kelsey Sharon talked about, and and, and I think as business owners we all deal with the emotional roller coaster that goes on every single do. day of our lives. And so, how do you deal with that? I mean, how do you well, get through that stuff? Um,
0: <laughs> or do you? <laughs> well, I do, and you know, my wife saw me every day, and I guess the, the best way to deal with it in my perspective, is prayer. I mean, that's that's how we try to deal with it. I mean, so you pray at night, you pray in the morning to try to help with the anxiety. But so my myself and my twin brother, we're just a very high stress, very high, you know, strong people. My my oldest brother is a little bit more laid back. So he's he's kind of chill. Yeah. So things roll off him a lot quicker than it does <clears throat> off us. And, you know, it's funny because the stress when business is bad is a stress level that's you know, the same as when business is good. Right. So like business is good, but you're still stressed because you're not getting enough done. You're not getting the customer's cars back. You're not doing this, you know, yep. or you have a comeback on your busiest day of the week, you know.
1: and Well, I think so too, can't like you can't be like, hey, business is good right now, but oh my gosh, what about next week? You know, yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because ahead. there
0: was there was a time where I would, I would come into work and I'd be like, it's 8 o'clock in the morning and we have no cars to work on. And my guys would look at me and I'd be like, okay, grab a broom, grab this. And they'd be like, don't worry about it, boss. By 12 o'clock, we'll have something to do. You know, and inevitably we got busy by the middle of the day. And now, you know, fifteen years later at the Collinsville store, we just we don't have a downtime. I mean, I could I could tell you before what our down months would be, and now there's just no downtime. Wow. I mean, we're busy every single day, five days a week, and you know. I don't think it's because
1: you guys deliver, right? I mean, it, I know the experience I'm going to get when I go to Mike's Automotive in Collinsville. So.
0: Well. And, and that's the thing we try to we try to maintain the quality. I try every once in a while I might have to step in and say, "Hey, we, we, you know, we lacked on a little bit here or here, and we have to you know raise that that quality a little bit, yep. you know, for the customer." But yes, we do. I don't want people bringing their cars back. I know some customers think that you know they want to yell at you because their car has coming back to, but it's not my goal is for right. you to bring your car back after we already serviced it and, and repaired something. Yeah, because you know, they're going to gonna talk it. about that too, and they will. But like I said a minute ago or a couple minutes ago, it's the way you handle that makes them talk good about you. So if you have a problem and you you handle it and say, you know what? I went to Mike's but I had a problem with my car but man when I went back, they took care of it. They took care of it quick and I was back out of there and, you know they didn't charge me again for doing the same. You
1: did that strategies. to me. You, one time I popped a tire <laughs> and I had to get new tires and then all of a sudden yeah. like, I did it again a couple of weeks later a month later whatever it was and you guys did it for free. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yep.
0: And I, I mean that's and, and and a lot of times you know the customer views your business on your performance when it comes to warranty work. I mean yeah. when when you come in how are they going to service it? Anybody can put a tire on. Right. Anybody can change your spark yeah. plugs. Any shop can do that. So it's it's what the response you're going to get when you call back and say, "Hey, I had my car in last week." With the check engine light, it's back on this week. Is the guy going to tell you to go, you know, jump right. a bridge, or is he going <laughs> right. to say, "Hey, bring it back in. We're sorry that that happened. Let us take a look at it yep. and see why the light's back on, because it might not be the same problem, but it sure. could be." Sure. So
1: what uh, what would you tell yourself? You said 15 years, I think, the Collinsville store. Yeah. So, and you've been doing this how long?
0: Oh well, I did. I mean, right, I, I've been doing it so since forever. I was a kid, yeah. but forever, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So, what would you tell yourself 15 years ago as a business owner? What what advice would you give yourself? Oh my gosh.
0: The biggest thing would be to stay calm, no matter what. Just stay calm, you know, and you know, and don't respond to something immediately if you're not sure what to say. Because I like (laughs) to fly off the handle, especially when it comes to having employees. You know, customers are different, but employees are another thing because you don't want to just jump You just don't want to send that text message, Yeah, you don't want to just send that text (laughs) message. You want to give it some time, think it over a little bit before you actually respond sometimes. And, you know, like I said a a minute ago, my dad sent us all to school. We all went to St. Louis University. We all got our degrees from there. He wanted us not to do this. Hmm. But that actually worked out well because it gave us a little bit of a temperament to deal with that, the business side of things and also dealing with people and meeting people and how to interact with people at the same time.
1: How much of your business is mindset versus physical? Obviously there's a lot of physical stuff you do with cars, but how much of it it's up here versus in the hands?
0: Well, for me, it's all mindset now. Cause I don't, I don't, I used to go out yeah. and you know, mount tires and stuff like that, but, um, now it's all mindset. So no, I mean, um, well, that's a tough question because I mean most of what we do is physical in the shop, right? Sure. You know, for the techs, but, Uh, most of what I do is decisions of like, what, you know, what do you do when this doesn't fix the car or what do you do? Like yesterday, for example, when you brought a car in and they have a coolant leak and you call the customer and say, your radiator is leaking and they say, okay, fix it. And then you drive it and you bring it back. And now the water pump's leaking and it's a first time customer. And you got to explain to them that, you know, Hmm. and, and, and this is funny because that you asked that because I had to explain to Thomas that I want you to listen to how I handle this. Not that I'm an expert at it, but you have to almost be sympathetic and act like you're distraught over it. Like, I'm so sorry that, that this, that this happened. Yeah. You know, I did not expect this to happen, but well,
1: even though you're making money, you really are like, Oh my gosh, like, really yeah, I like, feel bad because right. you know
0: and the good thing about having your parking lot full of cars is they know you're not trying to get over on them. They know that you have plenty of cars to work on that. I yeah. just have to sell them something they don't need. Yep. So I always thought about that driving by a shop and seeing no cars or driving by a shop and seeing a lot full of cars you know the, the no car lot well they can get me in today yeah. but what are they going to try to sell you that you don't need because they're not point. busy so
1: good point yeah. so mm-hmm. what have you as one as a business owner but number two just as a you know a family guy obviously married kids all that stuff a great family man what have you learned during this pandemic that you didn't know maybe 10 months ago
0: oh boy well, that's a tough one because the pandem- the pandemic really didn't affect us except for the very first month because we were considered an essential business yeah. so we were but we were very like worried at the very beginning of so and and so I told our employees I said hey we're going to have some decisions here to make. I just don't I won't, don't want you guys to worry about not having a job but we're going to have some, some decisions to make. Some of them will be right, some will be wrong. I don't know. Sure. You know, because we've never dealt with this before. So, you know, dealing with the PPP loan and, and the disaster loans and stuff like that. So I never knew that we would be faced with a time that we would have to worry about you know next week not having anything to work on or the next week right. or possibly a month or two or the possibility of possibly you know being shut down and not being able to work at all because yeah. we didn't know at yeah. the beginning we might be shut down and if we're shut down you know we're we're, we're screwed right i'm being honest i mean oh yeah you know we're screwed if we're shut down because i mean a couple of weeks and, and it happened to us in 1993 when the flood happened we were physically shut down out of business And we didn't know how to deal with it and our problem was is we were so new at it we kept all our employees on payroll because we felt bad so you know at at that point you have to separate the emotional part of it with the business part of it and you have to do what's right to keep your business open and we had to make you know we borrowed money we did what we had to do to keep our business afloat in 1993 because we were physically shut down for 10 days
1: what about the personal side did you learn anything there from pandemic side
0: Personally, yeah. Well,
1: yeah, I know your kids I are mean, older. Like my kids, you know, it's a totally different situation to where we're at. Yeah, but my, both, both of my
0: kids were in college. So it was kind of a different situation for me because I get a phone call one day. My son's in Florida on spring break for a tennis tournament. Yeah. And my daughter's at Ole Miss in Mississippi. And I get a call, and my son's like, I'm going to school. I'm picking up my stuff and I'm coming home. I'm like, what? <laughs> and this all happened within 24 hours. So now, all of a sudden, you're know, you, you you're accustomed to life at home with, with no kids, which at first I was very apprehensive about how that was going to work. And I'm sure. like, but after a while, you're like, you know, this is kind of nice. This is kind of nice. It's not bad. I come home. There's nobody running around. You know, you're having a drink and yeah. you're with the wife and you spend more quality time. And now all of a sudden that's all over again. Yeah. The kids are home from March until, you know, <laughs> the next year to August. Right. And, but, you know, we did a lot of things together. We did things we never did together during the pandemic. My daughter loves to bake. We started making new recipes. Like We'd sit in the kitchen and cook. Now, she'll tell you I was the boss, and I bossed her around how to do this, how to do that.
1: Well, she's but, not on the podcast, so you can say whatever you right. want. Right.
0: But we, we, we made a lot of different meals. We had a lot more family time, a lot of yeah. meals together in the evenings. Um, we played games together, even though I'm not a huge board game player. Sure but the kids are. So we played board games. We watched series. I've never watched a full series, right. except for The Sopranos. Yeah, you know, I, know you're gonna find it, <laughs> I probably never watched a full series on TV ever before the pandemic. Yeah. But we'd sit there every night. It was our thing. Let's get done with dinner, clean up, and then we're going to sit in front of the team. We're yeah. going to watch it, this series. Which I
1: think right, is so. totally how we all grew up, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I wasn't running to 900 different places during the week, and now we get to stay at home. It's dinners at home. It's like yeah. you said, games. I mean, Monopoly, I mean, you name it. You know, a nine-hour well, I mean, Monopoly game.
0: I mean in today's time we're on the go everybody's on the go so you take away everything that we had to move us around especially with your family Mm because with baseball and soccer and basketball and all the activities hockey i mean when my kids were little i was sherry was going one way and i was going the other way you know in college a little bit different because we didn't have that to worry about but when all that comes to a halt all of a sudden you got to figure out what am i doing with all this time now you know so yeah we made adjustments and we got through it and you know what a lot of it was fun i'm not going to say the pandemic was a horrible experience because we had some fun at the time, you know, during the time. So
1: we had some good golf in,
0: we did get some good golf in. socially distance not of good golf you got good golf. In. i got <laughs> right i got shit We had to golf. play some golf right? <laughs>
1: right but you did teach my son some lessons on the golf course well though. i did and those, weren't, weren't, golf those yeah. were, uh, weren't golf lessons they weren't golf lessons that's okay they were, they were life he, lessons he though, still talks about yeah. life lessons everybody knows pete you know the lessons my son got so uh so if i steal your cell phone is there anything that you're married to there besides like maybe a calendar and emails there anything on your cell phone that you can't live without well,
0: my contact list. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, you know, It's kind of boring, that's, but it's good. I mean, good. it's funny because you think you know these people's numbers because you've been calling them for years, but right. you lose your phone all of a sudden. You can't think of it. You can't remember their phone number. Right. Uh, my contact list, uh, Sherry will probably say, my wife, would say so- social media, although I don't post anything on social media yeah. unless it's business. Yeah. But I do like to look at it because... I And, again, she'll laugh, but I like to see when my customer's birthdays are because I like to send them a personal text. Sure. I don't really do it in Facebook, but I'll if I have their number on my phone, I'll send them a personal text, hey, happy yep. birthday, just thinking about you today, yep. blah, blah. And it, it keeps it fresh. And they're like, oh, well, wait a minute. I need to get my car in there tomorrow. Yeah. You, know?
1: you are right. That's I mean, good. you get the random text. I mean, you know they know because of Facebook, but it still means they took that extra step to wish you happy Correct. birthday. Yeah. Which I think means a lot. Yeah, it does. Um, so if, if mom and dad were to happen to uh, yep. listen to this, uh, what what would you want to tell mom and dad? Uh, well, I mean,
0: any any kid in my position or in a business family business, the the biggest thing is I, I probably wouldn't have said it years ago is is thank you, you know, because they laid the groundwork and they put the hard work yeah. in and they really did. My mom left her career as a as a registered nurse to go help my dad, not knowing where that business was going to go, not knowing the risk involved, and that they may lose everything at the time. And I will tell you that in 1976, my dad opened the shop. In 75 or early 76, when he quit his other job, they were moving. They had $20,000, their name, after selling their house. They had nothing when they started the business. And they were moving to Greece. They were moving us all to Greece. Wow. And that's what was my dad. My dad's like, that's my home country. We're moving back. And my mom said, I'm not. we're not moving. I'm not moving my kids to Greece. So they took the $20,000 they had, and they went over to St. Louis, and they put it down in that building, and they bought the building. And then my dad went in there and started working every day, every day. And my dad's like, we don't have any customers. My mom's like, I don't care. Build engines. You know, that guy comes in here. He's selling those old engines. Can't you make those new? She didn't know anything about the shop. My dad's like, "Yeah, I can make them new." So he started building these engines and putting them on the floor. You know, and then after that,
1: I hope that guy buys that it, one. My dad was it? the kind of guy, and I and I still
0: live by this. If it, if you can get it done today, then why wait till tomorrow? Just because a customer drops her car off today and says, "I don't need it back until next week." That, that makes me nervous. Don't yeah, tell me that. Right. You know, I don't want to hear that. I, I'm going to get it. I want it done today. Yep. And my dad always was that kind of guy. I don't care if he's not picking up today. It's going to get done today.
1: Well, it's amazing yeah. if you just listen how much you can learn, right? My, my eighth true. grade history teacher said you got two ears, one mouth, use them proportionately. That's right. And my so my, my dad
0: is, is a very wise man with probably a ninth grade education and probably one of the smartest guys that I, you know, not, yeah. not running a business, but how to, you know, mathematically street smart. smart. The guy knew how to work and he knew, he he knew how to make it work.
1: Well, I think it says a lot too, that you got three kids, three boys, that all went to a great uh, university and still wanted to come back into this career and all work together.
0: We didn't know it. I mean, I was, I was going down the financial road. I wanted to get a finance degree and go be a stockbroker. And my brother wanted to be a lawyer and he went and did all the pre-law classes. And my other brother was going to be a doctor and then a meteorologist. And then we all ended up, Working together. Yep. I know it sounds funny, but you all have you have these dreams when you're growing up of I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. But then, ultimately, the family business was the way for all of us to go, and it gives us the most flexibility. Yep. And you know,
1: well, I think Brad Keen is hiring in his Collinsville location that'll <laughs> yeah. open later this year for Visionary. So uh, maybe if this thing doesn't work out, you can go work there. I can go work there. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah, he's gonna have a
0: bar in there. I heard <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I-, I told him a sink. A sink doesn't constitute a wet bar. I
1: told <laughs> right, you, right? Just have a refrigerator or something for, p- for right. Papa Pete, right? Um, so, where do our listeners find more of Mike's Automotive? Where are you guys' websites? So, media? yeah,
0: uh, Mike's Automotive dot net. Um, we have a location in Collinsville on Saint Louis Road. We have a location in Millstadt on Commercial Street, and in South City, South Saint Louis on Ivory Street. So, if you look us up on the internet, www.mikesautomotive.net. Mike's dot net, give you all the information you awesome. know. If you ever, you know, have a car problem or a tire problem, anything except for bumps and dents, that's what we always say. That's what we do.
1: But you find a person for that. We can find somebody for that. That's right. Yeah. I've never told you this, but I think it's really cool. Um, it, it seems like, you know, we can joke and laugh. We have a great time. We're very lucky with all of our friends and, and all the stuff that we get to do. But it's really cool because you're always one of the first people to write a check. You know, we have Swing for Hope. Yeah. And I know that's near and dear to your heart yes. for cancer. And yes. I just, you know, I want to say thank you to it you is. publicly. That always one of the first guys to send a check in. man. Welcome. So thank you, yep. thank you. We're glad to do it. Well, awesome. It's been. Uh, I didn't know where this was going to go. I, I, I said when we started hitting record, I said this is either a career ender or a uh, <laughs> or, or uh, we're just going <laughs> to have some fun and give some knowledge. And I think yeah. we hit a home run with some knowledge I today. Appreciate so it. appreciate the time, man. Thanks, Brett.
0: Tune in next week for another episode of the Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network subscribe to the show on iTunes Google Play, Stitcher and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.